Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Two Brain Radio with Sean Woodland. On today's episode, I speak with former NHL defenseman and current CrossFit Masters competitor, Joe Corvo. My friends, I do not own a gym, but I can tell you this. If I had one, I'd be on Chris Cooper's website a lot. Chris cranks out helpful content daily, and he's created a huge pile of free guides that solve common problems for gym owners. To get 15 free resources, including a guide on member retention, visit twobrainbusiness.com slash free dash tools. Joe Corvo spent 11 seasons in the National Hockey League. During his career, he played for the Los Angeles Kings, Ottawa Senators, Carolina Hurricanes, Washington Capitals, and Boston Bruins. When he retired, he turned his focus to CrossFit and made the games in 2018 in the 40-44-year-old to 44 year old division where he took seventh overall. We talk about his years in the NHL and his fondest memories from his career, what drove him to become a CrossFit competitor, and how an unfortunate incident during his rookie year proved to be a turning point in his life. Thanks for listening, everybody. Joe, thanks so much for joining me today. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Sean. Uh, nice to be with you. Nice for ha- thanks for having me on, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, let's start with your hockey career. What was it about hockey uh, that made you fall in love with it? Uh, I mean, I started skating when I was five, so my dad had me on the ice. My dad was my first coach. It taught me everything I knew, um, and I think just the just the fact that uh, thank God I started playing on defense. I think I just love to play defense because you're so involved with the game. You're getting the puck all the time. You see the whole ice in front of you and you're so involved. Um, then just, uh, just being at the rink and, and, and the, and the friendships you make and scoring goals, assists, that's all fun, you know, and it all comes together at some point to where it's just like, all you want to do or think about it was all i wanted to do or think about for a long time you grew up during the 80s and 90s when american hockey was starting to kind of really reach the next level as far as having a presence in the pros who were some of the guys that you looked up to that when you were younger uh chelios um i i grew up watching the blackhawks when uh it was ronick you know troy murray doug wilson without the helmet on (laughs) Um, and I just distinctly remember going to a game at the, uh, the old Chicago stadium, they come out flying in their whites, their black Hawk whites, right? The organs playing, they go through warm up. everything. I remember how crisp and clean everything was like the passing, the shooting, everything. And then sure enough, like they got a power play, uh, they just tic-tac-toed it up the ice and then like one pass backdoor goal and like it was so clean i'm like that's how i want to play hockey just like that just clean just fast and 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 that whole team i mean i had the cards and everything and and i was fortunate enough to where my dad had some connections so you know you end up in the dressing room after a game um of it was the opposing team so i've got some some uh, edmonton Oilers sticks from when they played here and, and stuff like that which are pretty cool I've always thought that hockey players were some of the nicest athletes I've ever met. What was it your experience like meeting some of those guys at that age? Yeah, same thing. Um, it's it is hard. It's hard to explain. They're just like everybody's a nice guy. Uh, um, 
especially guys who aren't necessarily uh, um, might not be have everything together might have some problems, but like when, when they're faced with a situation with kids or something like that, they're the nicest guys ever, you know? So I think it's across the board. I mean, for me playing, obviously there was guys I can't stand, or didn't like, <laughs> but, but that their relationship with their fans and, and whatever are, are, I've never heard anything bad from, from anybody. At what point in your career did you, really legitimately think that you had a chance to make it to the NHL? Uh, you know what? Not until, not until I got there. It hmm. took that long. I've never been, uh, someone full of confidence. That was probably why my career ended, uh, when it did at 36 or 37, I just, it took everything in me to just to get up the confidence to play in a game. It was like, it was always a struggle my whole career. I was always, uh, I don't know, just didn't know what was going to happen, worried about things and, and not super confident in my ability when other people around me are telling me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's just how I, how my head is, you know? Um, so I didn't really think I could make it until like, I made, I was in the minors and I was doing really well, but still I came up in, in the age where these guys are all, it was like a height game. It was like, we got to have guys six foot or above if there's six, three, six, four, the taller, the better clutch and grab because the game was clutch mm -hmm. and grab guys with long sticks. They get a hold of you. They're not letting go. They pin you in the corner and they're not letting you go. It's just the way the game was. So I really didn't feel like where would I fit in as a six foot, barely six foot defenseman, you know? Um, so I really didn't believe it until the game started changing a little bit. And then I, I had my window where I was doing well in the minors and they called me up and, uh, I played one game and then I was like, I, I can do this. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've always adapted to the levels that I've gone to and I got there and I was like, you know what? I can, I can do this. I could do this for 10 games. I could, I could tread water until I start to feel more comfortable and then I could start putting points on the board and contributing that way. But that's just the way that's kind of the process that happened for me. I, I really didn't grow up thinking like I can play there for sure. It just took yeah. a long time. Where do you think that lack of confidence came from? I don't know. It's, it's kind of always, I've always had it since I was young. Hmm. I mean, I've always been a really good athlete uh, and good at everything, you know, good or, at everything that I've, I've played or been involved with, but, uh, it's not, it's not, it was never easy for me mentally. It's always been really tough. You played your first NHL game with the LA Kings. Yeah. Did you have a, or what was, I should say, your sort of welcome to the NHL moment? <laughs> uh, my, uh, probably midway through the game, we were playing the Pittsburgh Penguins and, uh, I jump on the ice and, big number 66 is out there. Oh, wow. And, uh, at the end of the shift, he's, he's playing the left wing. I'm playing the right D end of the shift. The puck comes across the ice to him at the red line. He chips, he just dumps it in and I give him kind of a little shot, a little cross check, <laughs> low, like, a, like across the arm or, mm -hmm. or the hip or something. And as soon as I skated away, another guy, a bigger guy, one of their tough guys, I can't remember who it was, came up to me. He goes, don't ever do that again. Do not touch my Mario. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Gotcha, sir. <laughs> that, that was like, 
all right, I'm going to avoid any type of uh, conflict with any type of those six foot four uh, maniacs. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near those guys. Cause I, I didn't want to fight at all. Yeah. So yeah. You went on to play for four other teams during your 11 seasons in the NHL senators, Bruins, capitals, and hurricanes. Just looking back over the entirety of your career, what are just some of the favorite memories that stick out over that time for you? Well, those are easy ones. Uh, obviously that 2007 team, we went to the finals uh, with Ottawa. That was probably the most fun year that I've ever had um, professionally. Just that group and how tight everyone is when, when you go on a run like that. Everybody has to be tight and has to want to play for each other, or sacrifice everything for each other. And obviously that creates like strong, very strong bonds within the group. So that was definitely um, my favorite hockey year. Um, the time I spent in Carolina were probably, uh, also they're fun years. Um, not, not because we're winning all the time, but just cause that's kind of when I hooked up with my, uh, my best hockey buddy, uh, Eric Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, when I got traded there, it was my first game and, uh, co- uh, Peter Lavilla, he's going around the room, uh, asking get what motivates each guy and, and calling them by their nicknames. And he got to me, he's like, Joe, uh, what's your nickname? What, what do you want us to call you? And I'm like, it was my first game. <laughs> so the whole group of new guys in the locker room. I'm like, uh, Joe. <laughs> and, and from across the room, Eric Cole goes, let's call him lucky. So, uh, cause I had, uh, Cause I, I was number 77. I, mm-hmm. I, I picked se- uh, 77 cause seven was taken when I got there, which is what I wore in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Colsey started calling me lucky and that stuck. Now I got lucky tattooed on my stomach and, uh, I got the number on my chest, but I really enjoyed the time I, that I spent with Colsey because, um, we spent a lot of time. We were roommates, which we didn't need to be. Cause <laughs> if you play a certain amount of games, you can get your own room, but we were like, screw it. We're just gonna we're gonna stick together, so we stuck together. We were always on the road together and and going to movies and hanging out and just doing everything together. So I really appreciate that time with him. Uh, I still keep in contact with him, and and I promise him that I'd make it back to North Carolina once the kids go to college, move back there to hang out. So see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so you had an incident that involved the physical altercation with a woman in a bar in Boston during your rookie year. I think it was 2002. Yeah. I don't want to rehash the specifics of that, but why was that incident a turning point in your life? Uh, I had been in the minors for, you know, roughly like four, four years maybe. Um, and I, uh, the, the stories my my whole story getting to where I had gotten to at that point was pretty ridiculous. I don't know if you know anything about it, but I played like three quarters of a season in Springfield my first year out of college. Going back to my last year in college, we set the NCAA record for most consecutive losses at Western Michigan. So they had a meeting with me at the end of the year, and they're like, hey, you've outgrown this, this place. you got to get out of here. So I got out of there, and I was thrown right into – real life, I guess real life, but the minors in Springfield, Mass. And three quarters in the season, sorry to backtrack, went to my first camp with L.A. and they stuck me at forward. They wanted to turn me into a forward. 
So that was frustrating. I get to Springfield. I get sent down. They have me playing forward. Uh, luckily in Worcester, midway through a game, a guy gets hurt on D. They're like, Joe, can you play D? I go back to D, light it up, finish the game with like a goal and two assists. They're like, oh, you played, you know how to play D? I'm like, yeah, hello. Played it my whole life. So um, from then on, I was D the rest of that year in Springfield. Three quarters of the way through, I knew that a bunch of guys signed for a bunch of money that I knew I was way better and LA came in low under them and I was kind of pissed. So I held out, I left Springfield and I held out for an entire calendar year all the way around and uh, realized that being not having anything to do and hanging chandeliers uh, and moving furniture was not what I really wanted to do (laughs) my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I just had to smarten up, took their original deal that holdout didn't do anything and and just got the ball rolling that way. Um, So after a couple of years playing in the minors, I think, you know, you you just kind of get bored and stagnant and you start doing things that don't really promote healthy uh, environments like, you know, drinking the night before games or going out too late and drinking or just in general drinking too much and putting yourself in situations where, you know, things could go wrong. And that's kind of the road I was going down until something went really wrong. And I, I put myself and I, uh, I, I did things that I look back and I just like shake my head at that person that I was. Um, but it, it was certainly the wake up call the life wake-up call uh, that I needed moving forward. Um, I mean, there's really no worse feeling than laying in a jail cell thinking that you threw away your whole career sleeping on a concrete slab in the drunk tank. So looking back at that, you know, did I, do I wish it never happened? Of course, I, I wish it never happened. But from that point on, now I've always, I have this thing in my brain where it's like, I think a, a situation through before I even get involved with it. Like what's going to happen? Maybe to a fault, maybe like 10 steps. Like <laughs> This could possibly happen. Don't even do that. So it's really changed my thinking. And uh, I, I think definitely for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, I've stayed out of any trouble since. So it, it was definitely a life changing event. How did you, not allow that one incident to define who you are? Well, that was tough because I knew for a long time, especially with the internet coming up, coming on, you know, it was like, that was going to be, if people search, search me on Google, Google or whatever, that was going to come up, you know? And I worried about that and I worried about my reputation and, and all that stuff. And then I just, finally just decided like I knew and I knew I was going to take slack at, at arenas at some point you know I knew there was going to be signs or whatever and 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 it would be tough but uh as they say time heals all wounds so it was just a matter of of staying um kind of dedicated to the sport and focus on the sport and, and my teammates leaning on my teammates for support until it kind of blew over at some point you know and I could just move on and, and, and kind of show people 
with my off ice stuff uh, for the teams that I played for and my on ice performance and being a good teammate, who I really was. Um, because I really do believe that uh, people make mistakes all the time, all the time. And I really think that not in all cases, some people are just bad people, but in a lot of cases, people need second chances, you know, and I was given that second chance. And uh, thank, thank goodness that I was. You have two sons who I think are in their teen years right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Starting, you know, starting to become men. Uh, what yeah. advice have you given them to make sure that they don't make that same mistake? Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It, it's funny. Cause you think like, you think that kids would uh, get the obvious things. You know? <laughs> like, These are obvious things that I shouldn't have to tell you about. You know, um, but I, I, you know, I, I do have, uh, I have a full bar in the basement that I, I keep everything locked up because they have friends who come who come over, um, and and I tell my my sons, I'm like, I know that you guys aren't going to go down there and and you know start ripping beers or whatever, but I'm worried about your friends, you know, like, I, cause you don't always have your eyes on your friends in the house. I don't need a friend coming over and, and having a couple of shots and then, you know, leaving the house and getting hit by a car or something. So that's what I'm concerned about. So it's kind of a step-by-step uh, case-by-case basis, you know, try and when you find out that they have a new girlfriend, try and lay out, uh, give them as much knowledge as possible. And then as a new situation you know, approaches or, or comes up, it's like, all right, this is what could happen is what you got to be careful for, you know, so case by case basis with them. If you're enjoying my conversation with Joe Corvo, then you should know Two Brain Radio is full of amazing interviews. We've posted more than 300 episodes and we air three shows a week. On Wednesday, I interview top athletes, great coaches and colorful characters to get the best stories from the fitness world. On Thursdays, Two Brain founder Chris Cooper is on the air with actionable advice as well as business experts who can solve your problems. On Mondays, we talk about marketing and share client success stories to inspire you to grow your business. To make sure you don't miss a thing, please subscribe to Two Brain Radio and we'd love your feedback at podcast at twobrainbusiness.com. Now, back to Joe Corvo. What did fitness look like for you during your hockey career? I was always fit. Um, I did not start lifting weights until I was in college. And that's kind of when I really started to enjoy it. It was like uh, we had this guy at, at Western Michigan. His name was Bron- we, Bronco Bob. And uh, he was always full of energy in the, in the big uh, workout room at like 6 in the morning. And every, a, lot of people, a lot of guys hated it. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with this. This is fun, you know. So I liked it then. <clears throat> um and fitness for a hockey player from when I was playing was, all right, you, you lifted in the summer, they give you a book, you know, like a, it was a, I don't know how many, however week, many weeks, uh, off season is, and you just followed it week by week. And I would add it, add in my own stuff. Cause I like to do more of the, more of the strength stuff. And, and some of the stuff that they were giving me was like, I didn't know why I was doing it, but but anyway, um, so you just follow the book, and I would mix in my own stuff while I was playing. And then once the season started, a lot of guys would just stop working out if they even worked out before. Uh, probably not. But uh, I would try and keep 
try and keep a certain level of strength just by doing, you know, reps, high rep stuff, you know, like after a game, get in the weight room, do, do some squatting, whatever, just to keep the strength up over the season. Cause I hated putting it, putting in all the work in the summer and then just saying, all right, it's just, I'm just going to skate now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and lose all the muscle that I put on. So I try to retain that stuff. And then, um, I would say my last two seasons, playing in the NHL, I had found CrossFit maybe the one of the summers before. And uh, so I go in, I was just sick of being in the gym for three hours of uh, mm-hmm. doing bench press and doing, you know, lunges and, and squats just for three hours. And you get out of there and you're like, I'm not, I mean, I'm kind of tired, but <laughs> I wasn't challenged at all, you know? So I needed that challenge. So I found CrossFit in North Carolina, CrossFit Suespanti. And uh, the guy there, former uh, uh, Army Ranger, John Dill, he, he could tell right away that I was an athlete. He was like, all right, you're, you played for the Canes, right? And I'm like, yeah, all right. So right away, you know, I'm like, he's got, uh, not he, he, but right away, I wanted to do all the movements. I wanted to snatch. I wanted to clean and all that stuff when you don't really know how to do that yet, you know. So one day I'm in there, I think I got like probably like 185 on the bar. And I go for a clean and it slips out of my, uh, my hand and, and, uh, my wrist goes up the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it made me think like, if I get hurt doing this CrossFit, they're going to take my, they're going to take my contract away playing <laughs> hockey. So I left and I went back to, to, you know, planet fitness, basically <laughs> start going, doing my own thing. And John called me on the phone. He's like, Hey man, where'd you go? I'm like, well, you know, John, I can't get hurt doing CrossFit because I gotta, I gotta play hockey. He's like, "No, man, come back in, come back in. We'll, we'll start, we'll start slow, slower than we were going, and we'll get you going." So if he didn't call me back and get me back in there, I, I probably would have never gone back. But ever since I went back, I loved it, and uh, you know, he, he knew how much of a competitor I was. So if he had a, a guy come in that was thinking about opening up like a local gym or something around him. He's like, smoke this fool <laughs> like in the conditioning. <laughs> and I just smoke him. He'd be like that a boy. So he, was always, he was always, uh, he's a good dude. We still keep in contact. You're probably like the first CrossFit enforcer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what, what do you think about it? CrossFit? What was it about CrossFit that hooked you? And you're like, I got to keep doing this competition. Yeah. I, I, yeah, competition, like not only with other people, but myself, you know, like how much bigger and stronger can I get? Uh, how, be- how much better I can get at a movement. I'm the type of person that I always, uh, I, t- my wife, I told my wife that she's like, cause a couple months ago, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I can't, but I can't stop. And we got to thinking and I was like, it's cause I have to be, even though I, so I'm done with hockey. I was really good at hockey. Now, what do I have to be good at? I have to be good at something. And not only good, but like top 50 in the world. Like I want to be top at something. So that's why I'm still going. Like I need, I just have to have that in my everyday life. I have to know that I'm, I'm really good at something and I, I'm still competitive in something. Um, and I've, I've, I've thought about doing like, uh, my wife was like, well, you should do triathlons. I'm like, that's a great idea. 
but like I'm terrified of water. So I'd have to get over that. But that would be something that I maybe might get into at some point because, you know, at some point the joints are just going to be like, mm-hmm. nope, no more, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. We'll see where where that takes me. I just got to get over my fear of water. I died in Madison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did you, you know, figure out that, hey, you know what? I'm actually pretty good at this CrossFit stuff. Uh, it's, as soon as maybe a couple months went by at the, the gym in North Carolina, that I said to myself, my goal is to make it to the games. I'm gonna, I want to make it to the games. That's it. So from that point on, it was like, it all, it all, it switched hockey became second unfortunately <laughs> the thing that was making me all, all all my all the money was like uh you know what i don't even really care about this as much as i want to do something in crossfit something new i guess i got burned out in hockey mm-hmm. so uh yeah it was a couple months in i i that was my goal make it to the games make it to the games and uh when i went back to chicago when we moved back to chicago i went in the gym and it was before they had age divisions mm-hmm. and i was like to, to my coach, my new coach at my new gym, I'm like, I want to go to regionals. <laughs> and then we did the open and I was like, you know, you finish like top, I don't know, 500 or whatever. And it's like, oh, don't really have a shot. Too old. Um, so it would have been nice if they had that 35 to 39 when I, when, when I uh, got back to Chicago, but I had to wait a little while. But that was, that was always the goal. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, actually, is that when you started, there that 35 to 39-year-old age group, that there was nothing there. So once you hit no. that age, it was like, well, now I just got to wait. So how did yeah. you kind of continue to stay focused, even though that you knew that there really wasn't a direct avenue for you at that point to the games? Uh, I think they, they had 40. So I knew I just had to get better at what I was doing. And obviously, that takes time. Uh, get better at gymnastics and, and strength stuff and just went to work, just, you know, put your head down, go to work. Uh, we had, we had a group at the gym who meet, meets at like uh, Saturday morning, super early, uh, pretty competitive people. So that helped and, and did a couple locals here and there. So that was good. So just kind of stayed busy. Um, just try to just improve, improve, get better, stronger, and, and hopefully be ready when I turn 40, you know? Mm-hmm. What was it like for you to qualify to the games as a master in 2018? Uh, it was, it was crazy. Um, cause as a 40 year old, my first crack, at, my first crack at it, I, I didn't make it. Uh, I think I was finished 21st in the qualifier yeah. and 20 guys go. I finished 21st. Yeah. 21st or 22nd. I forgot what it was, but I was right there. Um, so that kind of, I was I was kind of angry about that, but that made it sweeter the next year uh, when I made it. But funny story is one of the qualifiers. Like I did, a, I think there's four or five qualifiers, and the I did four, and I was like, I couldn't be any happier with them. But there was the there was one workout, and it was a uh, it was like four rounds, uh, five four power cleans or five power cleans at two forty five. Or it could be just a clean, and then twenty-five chest of our pull-ups. And I think it was four rounds. And my first score, I ended up, I ended up getting like nine something. And uh, my coach was like, "Hey, you know, Sean Ramirez, you want to hear what he got on this?" I'm like, "Sure." 
He's like, you got like seven and a half, seven forty-five on this workout. So I think this is where you need to be to make it to the games. So I'm like, seven there's no I can't how do you cut that much time off? He's like, Well, when you come down from doing your five chest bar, you can't walk five feet away from the bar. <laughs> you come down, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna draw a square underneath the bar, you're gonna stand in the square the whole time, and I, when I tell you to jump, you jump. So that's what we did. Um, and sure enough, we get I get to the last round of cleans and we're like right around seven minutes and 30 seconds. I'm not lying to you, Sean, the last clean, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't clean it. My body was just like done. Mm -hmm. So I struggled with this one clean until I couldn't, I never cleaned it to this day. I never cleaned it. And I was right where we needed to be. All I had to do was one more clean. My fingers are bleeding and I just could not get this thing. And I just collapsed and like, basically started crying and I said that's that was my games right there because it was like Monday late you know before you turn in the scores so I thought that was it I came home everybody wanted to have a party so I'm like sure let's have a party hang out and I was everybody's excited Mm -hmm. and I'm like don't get excited you know my name will be at the top when I put it in but it's gonna fall I know it will and uh it started to fall a little bit but it got to 11 or something like that and it just stuck and scores are coming in, coming in, coming in. And all of a sudden it's well past the deadline. And I'm right there, I think at 11. And I was just like, looked at my wife. I just broke down crying because, you know, it was a four year goal mm-hmm. and that you make. And it's, it meant something to me. You know? Yeah. It was great. So. Wow. Yeah. That, it, it was, it, it's, that whole waiting period is, is, is the whole thing oh, yeah. you know, is watching your name on the ticker kind of mm-hmm. sucks. But, yep. Cause I've never, I've never like been like Sean, uh, Sean or Robbie or Robbie Perovich or those guys who are, they're like shoe They're like, they're lights out. You know, that in a qualifier, those guys are going to be, uh, at the top of the list, no matter what. And that, no, I've never got that feeling where it was like, yeah, I'm, I'll be fine. I'll be, you know, top five, top, top eight. It's just, I got to work for everything I get. Well, one of those guys was getting a little extra help. So <laughs> a couple, couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I think our master's group is like, <laughs> yeah. Top, top mm-hmm. like guys get in trouble every year. I'm not, I'm not sure that which sidebar that confuses me why we're all trying to be so healthy and fit. And then you're throwing this stuff in your body. I just, yeah, it doesn't make have, any sense to me. How have you avoided that temptation? It's never been a temptation mm-hmm. to me. Just, I mean, why? Uh, I think when I was younger, my cousin uh, was, I think he experimented with it, with it, experimented with it, and I think his lung his lung collapsed oh, like wow. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So he got into some serious trouble. So I was like. Well, I'm never doing that. You know, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to go to the hospital just because I want big muscles. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, just it's 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 like a it, it just doesn't make any sense that someone would want to be super healthy and fit yet you're putting these chemicals in your body that could hurt your organs. Yeah. It just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. When you showed up to Madison that year, what were your expectations as far as the competition was concerned? I was just hoping to finish in the, not hoping. I was, my goal was to finish like in the top 10 because mm-hmm. I knew, I knew I wasn't going to be win it. Um, 
and I knew I probably wouldn't meddle uh, just with the guys who were there. Cause those guys are, in, those guys were insane when it comes to uh, their engines. And mm-hmm. I just, my engine's good, but I have a certain style of workout that I, I prefer and I'm comfortable with. And these guys are like sprinters the whole time. So I knew I wasn't going to get uh, super high in the leaderboard, but you know, I just wanted to hang with them and be in the top 10 and just show everybody like, yep. He belongs here, no mm-hmm. doubt about that. So, I did that. Yeah, yeah. You had six top ten finishes uh, in yeah. eleven events. Best performance was in the rope and yoke. You took second. What stands out to you when you look back about you know how you performed in that competition? In that, in that that's that's my style of workout. Mm-hmm. That rope and yoke, because uh, I love running. I love rope climbing and I don't mind walking with heavy things on my body. So, and it's not like, it's not like you can really sprint in that. It's like, how, how, how much can you just keep consistently pushing, you know, cause that's all you need. You don't need to push red line until you die in that one. So, yeah. uh, that, that's right up my alley. Um, but that, that was a fun one. Just chasing Sean coming around the last corner my coach was like, oh, take him on the turn. <laughs> uh, I don't think I can. Yeah. You know, I'm happy with second here. And and Neil was uh, just kind of hanging out, watching us battle, because he didn't really need to finish too high. So, yeah, that was a fun one. That one obviously was very gratifying to just finish that high and, and, and just hang with those guys, with those three guys. It was awesome. You had some – you know, big games on very big stages in the NHL. How did that compare to being at the games in 2018? It's, you know, what's funny about CrossFit is in that situation, when you're around, when, when you're, when the, it's almost three, two, one go, I, I cannot control my body. I'm like, <laughs> my hands are sweating. You know, it's like my heart's racing. Um, in hockey, Three, two, one, go. They drop the puck. You play a shift. You get into the game. You get comfortable. Heart rate goes down. You get into the zone. And you've got, you know, 60 minutes to play and be in that in that zone where in a CrossFit workout, it's, you know, workout could be done in three minutes. Mm-hmm. And you could not be settled in by then and by the time it's over. And you're like, what just happened? What did I do wrong? Or, you know, um, so that's the difference. It's like you it's it's tougher to settle down especially for me um because maybe it's because in hockey i knew i was i had i knew i was pretty good at it or really good at it so i could calm down easily and i had time to calm down crossfit's like i you just there's so much unknown in a workout you're like don't know what's going to happen you don't know when you're going to hit a wall or what's going to you just don't know what's going to happen i think it's just kind of that fear of the unknown yeah so it's different. What does your uh, your good friend Eric Cole think about what you're doing? Uh you should call him and ask him. <laughs> he, he's, he's a funny guy. He is a funny guy, but he says my abs have abs. <laughs> That's like his his thing when people ask about me. They're like, "Is Joe strong?" He's like, "His abs have abs." <laughs> so, yeah he he uh, he thinks I'm a little crazy. But, you know, he he understands that. We have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Colsey doesn't. Have, I mean, he coaches, you know, but during the day, we got nothing to do. So he understands that 
I need something to do uh, mentally for sure because who knows what else I'd be doing. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sit at a desk. Right. That's <laughs> not exciting enough. As you have gotten older, how has your training changed? Um, I think my coach has subtly uh, taken out some of the uh, more like a lot of the percentage heavier lifting days mm-hmm. and kind of we we're kind of just lifting up to like 75 percent a lot sometimes 80 uh but i might be going a little bit higher uh, behind his back <laughs> behind his back mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just because i need like i i just need to test out you know that max once in a while mm-hmm. but yeah the, the percentages have gone down and uh more a little folk more focus on resting and and my body's telling me that too like before uh you know when i was when i did maybe three years ago i really wouldn't take a day off but now i'll get to thursday and be like yeah i, I need to rest and i won't mm-hmm. do anything and i'll be all right with not doing anything whereas before i'd be like a mental mess but <laughs> that's how it's changed and the vo- there's we're going volume volume day and not much volume we're going like on and off volume, not much volume, just to, just not, just to not kill me, you know? Mm-hmm. You are obviously at the higher end of the, of the master athlete scale, but I get, I mean, I'm 46. I get asked by other masters, like, what is the key to training effectively as a master? Yeah. What is the key <laughs> to not, I think the key is not to, uh, well, one, to listen to your body. And not destroy yourself every day. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to destroy yourself every day. You don't need to work out. Uh, have like you don't need to have two, three, four sessions a day. You know, mm-hmm. I'm and I'm I'm an hour, uh, two hours, sometimes three, uh, each day. I'm in the gym, but they're not like these sessions where I'm, I'm limping. You know, not limping, but I'm I'm not like dead every day. Right. I th- I think. If you can find a way to, to get in the gym and do your work and leave feeling good and not like something aching, then I think I think yeah. you're doing your job. You know, mm-hmm. who is a, a current NHL player that you would love to see in a CrossFit gym? Oh man, current or past or past? You, I'll, I'll, we'll open it up. Oh man, I'd love to see what. Like Zidane Chara. Could oh be man, <laughs> you know, just like the the six foot ten or guy uh, cleaning or snatching, just to see what that's got to be majestic. Right? <laughs> just do something like that. Uh, yeah, he, he's always been into fitness, so that'd be nice to see him in there. And he's he's got a, a, a great work ethic, mm-hmm. so it'd be a good fit for him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that that's probably it. Mm-hmm. You know? What are your competitive goals right now? Uh, I was thinking about that. Um, I think I, I had a meeting with my coach the other uh, a couple months ago, and I said, "All right, this is what I want to do. I want to do the open this year, do the qualifier, see where I end up, bide my time a little bit more, and see if I can do some damage at forty-five to forty-nine. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the plan now. I think uh, I think I, that's another." I'll be 40, I think 43 this year and 44 the next year. So I think I'll be 45 that following year. Uh, I'll be uh, still 44 going into the qualifier. Mm -hmm. 
and then I'll be 45 for the game. So I'll be like that young guy going into the new division. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it didn't work out for me when I was 40, but hopefully this time, you know, and I'll be training. I'm getting better. So always getting better. So see what happens then. And if not, you know what? At, maybe I'll win it when I'm like 90. So <laughs> everybody like everyone's gone. And it'll just be me at the games, like 85. There you go. First, second, and third. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to win that darn thing someday. We'll see. What has been, and this will be the last question, I'll let you go, but what has been more rewarding to you from a personal standpoint, your hockey career or your CrossFit career? Oh, that's, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think, uh, hockey, has been really rewarding because it's given me everything that I have uh, to provide for my family and, and my kids. And, you know, they're set for, for college and we live in a beautiful home in a beautiful town. And, and so really hockey's afforded me everything else that I want to do in life. Um, uh, so I, you know, I obviously have to give that to hockey. Um, just CrossFit is different. What CrossFit's given me is another life after hockey and an outlet to keep me sane and keep me busy and, and, um, and just, just give me a, a, an outlet to, to, to do what I want to do and, and, and another opportunity to travel and to meet new people at competitions or gyms around Chicago. So it's give, just given me new opportunities that, in a different way, that I'm very thankful for, uh, and it's obviously keep, keeping me very healthy and 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 having a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, like today, I went to a different gym and I worked out with one of my buddies, and we had a great session. And that just stuff like that that you really enjoy about CrossFit that mm-hmm. uh, you know you don't normally uh, don't norm- normally do um, stuff like that unless you're in deep into the CrossFit scene, you know, so hockey, hockey has given me everything that I have and and the ability to, to not have to work and and do my CrossFit Mm -hmm. and just do my thing and do what I want to do, you know, as, as an older guy. Yeah. Well, listen, Joe, I appreciate your time man, and best of luck moving forward. And I I really hope to see you back in Madison sometime soon. I'll be trying, Sean. (laughs) Thanks for having me on, man. I want to thank Joe Corvo once again for taking the time to speak with me. If you want to follow him on Instagram, you can find him at jcorvo77. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. I'm Sean Woodland, and I'll be back with more great stories from the fitness community every week. Be sure to check our archives for interviews with your favorite athletes, coaches, and personalities. Thank you so much for listening to Two Brain Radio, and we'll see you next time.